0: are listening to the decolonizing medicine podcast we will be exploring the intersection of decolonization and healing work with black and brown practitioners involved in a variety of modalities i'm your host jamie panetta coming to you from piscataway territory otherwise known as baltimore maryland my ancestry is mostly tagalog and some chinoy but i was raised here on total island I am also a queer, non-binary trans person and a practitioner of Hilo and Chinese medicine. Today's guest is Jules Bolinayan, an Ilocano-American, non-binary queer artist and initiated Hilo Kuna Live. They specialize in ancestral healing rituals through tattoo ritual, divination, serenade, energy healing and bodywork. After recording my interview with Jules, I noticed that there was a little bit of missing audio, so we added that in during post-production. Well, hello everyone. I am so excited for today's guest. Um, Jules, how are you doing over there?
1: I'm doing great.
0: Well, I'm going to have for having little, me. Yeah, I'm so excited to talk to you. Um, Jules and I go way, 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 way back. And uh, they're an amazing tattoo ritualist and he's been a bylon. But I'm going to actually have you, Jules, introduce yourself a little bit more.
1: Great. Thank you. Yes. JP and I go way back, which is another story I would love to tell you all that would take up all our time. But my name is Jules Bolinayan Soriano Ignacio. Jules Bolinayan is my first name, but I just go by Jules. I won't answer to any and all. Pronouns, Are my favorite pronouns are they and them. But depending depending on who you are, I'll I'll answer to all. Ancestry hails from Northern Philippines. As far as I know, my recent ancestry is Ilocano. And I'm currently living and located in Hongva territory, also known as Los Angeles. And as uh, Jamie said, I am a tattoo ritualist, and also a haranista. Singer songwriter. yeah thank you for having me
0: well thank you so much also Jules you're hilarious <laughs> and <laughs> you're also like the best person to chica chica with and Jules is the person that I um, actually went to the Philippines with to learn he so not only do we go way back we also have a lot of work that is intertwined and a lot of learning that's um, intertwined as well so I just mm-hmm. uh, wanted to get a little bit more background on your work as a tattoo ritualist and a Hilo of Could you define that quickly about for folks who don't know exactly what those
1: terms mean? So I call myself a tattoo ritualist. It's a title that myself and Julee Sacred Spirit Inc., call ourselves, or it's it's what people were calling us, and then we took it upon ourselves to just use that term to uh, create a delineation between us and tattoo artists, although tattoo artists also do trauma-informed work. So just think of us under the umbrella of tattoo practitioners. So speaking for myself as a tattoo ritualist, I consider myself um, a healing arts practitioner, first and foremost, and so with tattoo ritual work, it is very much uh, what I consider to be energy work, body work, I consider it to be grief work, most importantly, I'll note that, and so that process of tattoo ritual is definitely more around ritual as ceremony of healing, grief, and trauma through or by way of receiving tattoo. And then Hilot Bina we are practitioners of traditional Philippine healing arts and sciences. Sometimes shorthand just call us Hilots. Um, words vary depending on the region in the Philippines that a practitioner might have been trained in. So there's variety there, but we, we're all doing similar work. I hope that's a good enough definition for both of those. I think that's great. Mm-hmm.
0: And I also just wanted to throw out a few more terms because I've, I've just been hearing from folks who have maybe different inter- interpretations of different words and are conflating some of those terms. So Hilo a Bailan um, is what we use for ourselves. It's what our teachers use for themselves as well. And it, the, the word Bina comes from the word Bobailan, Bobailan being one of the terms that was used to describe um, healer warriors in the Philippines uh, that that were um, present long before colonization happened. There's other terms in, in different tribes, um, like Mombaki is another term, Catalonan is uh, another term as well. Um, and uh, Babailan, uh plus bina means like someone who walks the path of the Babylon. So we don't necessarily identify as Babylon. That's a very specific role. Um, and it has like a very specific lineage and a very specific initiation process. But we are doing some work that is adjacent to that. We are doing some kind of healing work within our communities. Just wanted to put that distinction there because I've I've been hearing some confusion about that. and just wanted to shed some light. Mm-hmm. Anything else to add to that, Jules?
1: Yeah, I think that you pretty much shared everything there, you know, and there's a whole other conversation of the lineages and things of how he looked, you know, Bailan came to be as that practitioner title and role. But um, yeah, it's really good for folks to know the distinctions for sure. So
0: the second question I have is, how has your work been connected to decolonizing medicine? And I know that that is a huge topic. So I'm wondering if you can hit a few key points on that. Um, And I know that there's also some other material where where you've spoken to that topic as well. So If you could share that, that would be great.
1: Totally. So um, before I dive into that, I just want to share with our listeners, that I go a lot more in depth about tattoo ritual. My work as a tattoo ritualist and the connection to that with Hilo being a Hilo Vino Bailan as well. Um, through a podcast episode that I can link, uh, we can have linked here, as well as a couple of um, articles where I spoke more about both of those things. So, folks want to learn more about that because it is um. Pretty long and complex, but detailed. So I just want to name that first. So, how my work's been connected to decolonizing medicine? Um, Such a big question. Well, I will say that first that the fact that we're here, the fact that Jamie and I are here after centuries of colonization. And also today, did we mention this already?
0: No, we didn't.
1: The 500th year today, April 27th, 2021. 500th year of what, Jamie? It's the 500th year anniversary
0: of Magellan's death and defeat by Lapu-Lapu. Yes, yes. So this (laughs) this feels like a very um,
1: fitting topic to talk about today. (laughs) Absolutely. So, just. Harnessing that energy there of the fact that our medicine, our traditional practices all across the Philippines, the now known as the Philippines um, of all of our different medicine, uh, energy work, body work, et cetera, et cetera, The fact that it still exists and that um, we're here today practicing it. and and sharing it in diaspora already, I feel like is a big part of decolonizing medicine. Um, I can speak to, for example, with with tattoo, how in many cultures, pre-Western tattooing, that tattooing was um, both a cultural and ritual practice already. A lot of it marked rites of passage, death, birth work, um, very much was already connected to spirit and divine. And, my role and work as a tattoo ritualist and how that's connected to that is just decolonizing in the tattoo world and the tattoo industry by bringing and resurfacing the spirit of tattooing in those ritual ways. Because um, even folks in my life who are tattoo artists, specifically I'm talking about machine and or hand folk where they may work at shops and do work with more on the artistic level, not to remove any ritual aspect, but more in that way, they're not necessarily holding a ceremonial space, but the parallels and shared things happening there is the fact that they are holding space, emotional space for, for clients, especially folks may come from similar um, shared identities or experiences and communities. There is a level there of like holding emotional space for our clients and whatnot, and, the importance of trauma-informed tattooing is becoming more and more um, talked about in the forefront a lot of that I'll name my my friend Tamara Santibañez, who's who's leading a lot of that type of work with trauma-informed tattooing even with their um, recent book that came out and so seeing the shared parallels there and even with what I'm doing and what um, Julie is also doing all of that, I feel like is part of decolonizing medicine and then connected to Helot and the fact that it's, it's, it needs to continue to survive and be practiced, not just in the Philippines, but in the diaspora and protecting it, but also practicing it over the last several years where more and more, uh, quote unquote, alternative medicine or non-Western, non-allopathic medicine um, has either become trendy or is resurfacing into mainstream or to people who want to connect to their cultures. And so in that vein of decolonizing medicine, just the fact that it still exists, that HeLa still exists and that's becoming um, more recognized, I hope, but there's still a lot of work to do, more recognized and valued by um, our communities, but there's still a lot, there's still a lot of work to do always.
0: Mm -hmm. I would agree with that. I think that the decolonization, the the work of decolonizing is both an external process where you're like working with larger systems and then also an internal process where you have to decolonize yourself, decolonize your own mind, Mm -hmm. decolonize, Mm -hmm do decolonizing work like within your family and within your community, um, which leads me very beautifully into my next question, which is what are the challenges you've experienced as a healing practitioner in a white supremacist, capitalist, colonial culture?
1: Big question. It's a huge question. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. It's like part ABC dbfg yeah. <laughs> um and uh yeah just all of this has me thinking a lot about how um oh I lost my train of thought ah well I was thinking a lot about value right and how we value one another how we decolonize ourselves right and I think a lot about how we have been initiated as Initiated as Hilobina Bailan and walked the way of the Bailan. It makes me think a lot about um, some of my teachers or elders here who are from Turtle Island and how they they speak about um, you're living your life on the Red Road and it's it's very much this this idea not just an idea it's just living your the way of life your way of life of decolonizing of living the way of your um, cultural or your ancestors or your traditional and or indigenous ways of being and so it's very much like how are you living your life you know all of us can any of us honestly right we could we can go get go study something or what have you and we can stay in an intellectual level and never really like fully holistically like the work to embody all of that and and decolonize ourselves and it's a lifelong process of course and so when i think about like the ways in which i live my life i try to live my way live my life in the ways that i've been taught through all these our teachers and in what i now understand to be our traditional ways and how do you do that in this society this current world we're in this white supremacist, capitalist, colonial culture is hard. Of course, I'm like, well, oh, it'd be so, I mean, it's not easy, but in my mind and heart, I feel it would be lovely to be able to, to just provide and be in service to my communities, to do healing work, to tattoo, to do body work, energy work, to do helot. I love doing energy work with plants through like providing helo in that way and whatnot and combining that with the body work that we've been taught but I can't even do that because one COVID two uh, we live in this society and I recently had to pick up like a, a day job again because I can't sustain myself and that's that's definitely because of capitalism and all the things but it's also because we are just not in a place as communities where we value healers. Um, and there needs to be a shift there to take care of one another. And in, it's in similarity, even though it's, too, it's a different modality, I think about artists too, right? Like people don't really value artists enough either. And so um, how do we, reconcile that how do we value the healers in our community so they can sustain our so we can sustain ourselves um, and continue to do this work without getting burnt out without having to to pick up a day job because my job quote unquote my job should be doing healing work but I can't do that right now because I have to pay my bills (laughs) yeah
0: one of the characteristics of colonial culture is the inability to actually perform one's calling, mm-hmm. one's function in community. And like the prioritization of, of just working a job, working a nine to five, just to provide needs. But that doesn't necessarily like serve community in the same way. It doesn't, um, it doesn't help us perform our Sylvie. So uh, Sylvie is like our... Um, Our life's purpose, Mm -hmm. it's a Gallic word for life's purpose. And when we are not able to perform our silbi, or we don't know what that is, it can actually, like I was taught that it can actually cause disease. We are divorced from our purpose in life. Mm -hmm. So I just find it very interesting that you, how you were talking about that. Um, And I also liked that you brought up artists And how much they are not valued as much as they should be. Because I got to tell you, like, art is what is getting me through the pandemic.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Like, I don't care if you, like, are on Netflix all day binge watching just to get through it. Like, that's art. Mm -hmm. Like, people making memes, I would consider that art. Mm -hmm. People making, like, TikTok videos that make you laugh. Like, that's Mm -hmm. art, too. Yeah. Um, varying kinds and, and like varying okay. amounts of effort go into them, obviously. But, but that's like what is getting to that's what's getting me at least through through a lot of this shit. Um, yeah. 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 And Jules, we didn't talk about this, but I mean, you're also an artist, you are at an intersection of both being an artist mm-hmm. and a healer, which I think is a very interesting perspective
1: yeah actually i think i'll i'll talk about that a bit too um d- during this pandemic that obviously we're still in but um as i was trying to make ends meet what have you and all of that in addition to providing heloc virtually just like jamie has been doing as well i was also creating a lot of music i i created a patreon i'm still creating content for my Patreon, even though I have this nine to five, because I was like, I need something still. I still wanna be around, even though I can't do any one-on-one one, um, work with any clients right now, but uh, a lot of what brought me joy and that clients and or community members or whatnot, who, people who enjoy the music I was doing was that I was I was creating medleys uh, arrangements of popular songs that i loved or requested people were were commissioning me to put together medleys or original songs for um for their partners or loved ones and that was really fun for me i really love music but i don't talk about that as much people don't know me these days as so much as a musician as they do uh a tattoo ritualist or hilobina you know, bailan, but that's that's where I feel like I can be less serious, jewels and I can be more of my other mm-hmm. other parts of me, the romantic, very uh very bakla jewels um, Jules. Haranista and the haranista, which I miss doing. And yeah, I actually met you back when you were doing only art.
0: So yes. all the healing stuff the tattoo ritual that came much later in our in our friendship
1: yeah that's true yeah. Mm-hmm. i was a musician first it's like my first love yeah and it, and it's still it's still there when i when i do ritual with folks virtually or in person i'm always singing something i will open with a song um sing throughout ritual too especially people are are going through some hard grieving during their Tatra ritual, I'll sing to them. And um, it is definitely part of my, I would say it's part of my power uh, in gift or what have you gifts um, that is particular to how I do healing.
0: can folks find more of your music
1: folks can find more of my music on patreon because i post um a video every month of like a new medley or song they can find it um on instagram i have my link tree that's there and that can also be posted on the show notes here i have a band camp as well all of that's on my link tree and on my website there's some videos from my album release show back in that happened in march 2018 spring equinox 2018 yeah. oh i love that album didn't you just drop a single recently i did drop a single recently with comortal we're in a little crew our little duo band we call ourselves full moon and scorpio i know very gay very queer and our first single is called ampalaya uh, the song is about being bitter, but it's also about eating your bitters, not your bitter. Don't eat your bitterness, but eating your bitters for your liver to get through the bitterness.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so for you know what ampalaya is. Could you describe it?
1: Yes. So, oh, I love nerding out about plants, but here we go. So, ampalaya. It's a bitter melon. Um, if you wanna get technical, ampalaya is the Tagalog word for the bitter melon that is a light green, long bitter melon and there's also the small dark green ones which you could call ampalaya, but I know those to be known as paria in Ilocano and those are more bitter they're like dark green and like they can look like they have more spiky ridges and then there's like the white bitter melon which I grew up eating in Okinawa but they look like the dark green ones but just white color the the texture looks the same they all taste the same they're all bitter (laughs)
0: yeah that is some it is some good medicine it is really good for Mm -hmm. cleaning out the liver Um, in Chinese medicine we would use the bitter flavor to drain fire so if someone has a lot of heat in their body recommend eating bitter things
1: I definitely need more
0: (laughs) Um, Jules how can folks continue supporting this work Um, either your art your healing work or other folks that are in Similar fields.
1: I really want to. I'm like, I'm pleading, I'm begging with you all. Please take some time to reflect around um, what it means to you to value your own healing, because from there you you will see the value of valuing healers in your life and artists in your life, because really it's it's not really about us yeah we're the practitioners but we're here to like fulfill our purpose to support everyone um, who's meant to 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 meet up with any of us but it's very much about do you believe that you deserve healing do you believe that you get to have this that that you are worthy and deserving of? of healing and the answer is yes but do you believe that because if you don't why would you value any of us who are here to support you in your healing and so I really feel like it, it starts with you you as in the listener or whatnot community member and if you value your healing right then you value the people around you whether it's me Jamie or any other person who's a healing arts practitioner. And that's really how we're gonna be able to be supported, is because you believe that you deserve that healing. The next person does. The people around you. Therefore, you're gonna value the people supporting you. It's all interconnected. But when you want, when you believe that you deserve healing and you believe in this medicine, because it's actually inside of you, we're just here to support you. You know, we are the practitioners, but it's up to you. You know, like. Jamie could give you a tincture, I could do body work on you, but it might feel like a band-aid or it might not work if you don't believe in it and if you're not doing the work to be consistent or valuing it, right? So it's also how you're interpreting it and taking it in for yourself. Um, And so that's that's my ask of, of you all. That's how you can support us is by supporting yourself too. So I hope you see what I mean by that, how it's all interconnected. Wow. Well, I really, I really
0: appreciate how you framed that. Because mm-hmm. it's true. I mean, as a healing practitioner, I can't heal for someone. Uh-huh. That that engagement really has to come from that other person's end. And then and then we help them along in the process. But I can't do the healing for someone. Mm -hmm. and then you know like also as me as a patient or client like I have to be I have to be the one who is healing Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. that is that is a hard thing to relate to and I think coming from like lineages that were impacted by colonization and white supremacy we're told not to that we don't deserve those things that it's like totally normal for us to continue suffering Mm -hmm
1: yeah I think I I did not say this you know I've heard this from many different people so I can't even quote this but I feel like I've heard from many artists and healers that it's really hard to allow ourselves joy right it's easier not that we want to it's like we know suffering so well it's hard to even be present with joy or anything that isn't that so that's a whole other conversation. but <laughs> That's a whole yeah. other conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true.
0: Please keep making those medleys.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and dropping singles about bitter gourd.
1: I mean, I want to. It's, it's going to keep me, <laughs> it's going to keep all of us, uh, you know, less bitter, I hope.
0: Yeah. But,
1: well, Jules,
0: um, do you have anything else that you want to add before we close our conversation?
1: just want to give, um, give my gratitude for, for you, for knowing you and for our ancestors bringing us together this lifetime. I want to give thanks to um, all the spirits of all the different places that have taught me and held me throughout my life. And give thanks to my ancestors and guides, the ocean, and the volcanoes. And thank you to, for, to everyone who um, is listening to, to this podcast.
0: Thanks so much, Jules. Thanks for being your fabulous self and sharing your stories and your insights with us today.
1: Thank you. <laughs>
0: was an audio clip from Ampalea by Full Moon in Scorpio, a collaboration between Comordial and Jules Bolinian. Check it out on Bandcamp. they wanted to shout out for this episode they immediately named Alea Breu for her birth work and herbalism with a canoe journey herbalist the herbalist support the intertribal canoe journey with free offerings of plant medicine and herbal healing canoe journey herbalist is currently raising funds to buy land to stewards so check them out on instagram at canoe journey herbalist for more info on their work and how to support them To share that I have updated my Patreon benefits to include the Decolonizing Medicine Patreon community on Mighty Networks. Members can now access self-directed educational models on Chinese medicine, healing, and magic, as well as seasonal live Q and A's. Patreon members help me cultivate three important things: wellness offerings that are more accessible to QT BIPOC the revival and reclamation of Helot, my ancestral medicine, and a decolonizing approach to medicine, like with this podcast. If this calls to you, visit patreon.com slash jamiepanetahealingarts. Maraming salamet for listening to the Decolonizing Medicine podcast. If you want to support this work via patreon or apply to be a guest on the show go to linktree slash jamie panetta healing arts we'll also link to that in the show notes music is by amber ojeda head candy and rocky marciano big thanks to Laurenella mccann my sweetie and fabulous audio engineer and all our listeners and supporters out there being up.